Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Not Your Everyday MMA podcast. My name is Alex Henry, and I am with Tori Habrell. And I know we're coming a day late, <laughs> but it's fine. Tori, yeah. Tori, what's going on? I've been a little sick. <laughs> I, so if you hear me, I'm going on and off the microphone. My voice is very raspy. If you hear some sniffling, that's just, it's flu season, y'all. It's it's hitting us hard. It's hitting, it's, hitting like a truck. We're going to get through it. Gotta get the podcast season. through. It is yeah. sick season. It's sick season. People are getting sick. But we mm-hmm. did not forget about you guys. And we have a huge, huge, huge card to talk about, to break down and predict today. Uh, but excited. before we get to that, we talked about marina rodriguez and amanda last week mm-hmm. that's gotten that card's done that card was amazing yeah. yeah i want to ask you what did you think about the card what do you think about the main event there was a lot of finishes on that card i was surprised um neil magny came off finished d-rod yeah that was that was a great fight now he does have the most finishes or most wins i believe in welterweight history which is crazy um, I mean, go Lemos. I, I there was a part of me that kind of predicted it. I had said the last episode, I said if it goes to decision, Marina, but I said if there were to be a finish, I could see Amanda finishing Marina, and she did, and she looked crazy. The power in her hands did the ref stop it a little bit early, maybe a little bit. I don't know. I feel like if it was a different, I don't know, I don't know, because whatever, she got the win, it was awesome, she looked great. I'm excited, yeah. Personally, I'm not complaining about the stoppage. Yeah, um, she's out I, don't, I don't think it's not that much to complain about, but I do yeah. see why people do it. But Amanda looked good. I she gotta did. admit it. Yeah. Even even before that, like the past couple rounds before, Amanda looked good. So Amanda looked great. Yeah, I gotta give her credit there, Tori. Where do you think she goes in terms of straw weight? Now I know I'm putting you on the spot, but just curious. In terms of strawweight, maybe the loser of this weekend's um, co-main event, Esparza versus Wei Lee. Maybe she faces Rose. Because if Wei Lee wins, um, I don't think Rose would be straight away for a title shot. She might be. Who knows? Um, but, I mean, there's so many cont- – the strawweight division, is it's stacked. I mean, you have yeah. Andrade, you have Esparza, Wei Lee, Rose. I mean, you had Marina. And I have Lemos up there. And so, I mean, really, whatever. I mean, I think the loser of Wei Lee versus Esparza – either versus Lemos or versus Rose, or maybe Lemos gets a title shot, something new. I think that would make a lot of sense too. Yeah. I yeah. The strawweight is fun. I'm not going to lie. It, is, it is very fun, yeah. Uh, I, I agree with you, though, that I think it should be the loser of the co-main this mm-hmm. Saturday. So there's not a lot of new fights to talk about. And besides, on fight night cards, we barely have anything to talk about anyway, so we'll save them for next week. Because we want to get into UFC 281, Madison yes. Square, Garden. I'm excited. Concrete jungle, the capital of combat sport history. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's it's pinnacle. Um, and yeah, man, there's some fights. Everybody, listen. I understand. I a lot of people disagree with me, but everybody was so hyped about UFC 280. For this me, is I was ready for UFC 281. I was like, yeah, 280 is going to be great. But 281, you guys are sleeping. This is a different type of stack, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's like to UFC 280, okay, UFC 280 skill-wise. I think that was just the most high-skill set fight card. You could see the matchups, but this one, just the names on this card from top to bottom are crazy. And these matchups are fire, dude. They're going to be so exciting. And, I mean, I was looking at the prelims the other day. The prelims are great. Every single fight on this fight card is worthy of everyone's watch. And I it just I'm very excited. So yeah. Should we yeah, dive I, into it? I think, yeah, I think UFC 276 was International Fight Week where Israel fought mm-hmm. Cannoneer. And that was supposed to be like such a big card. Yeah. And like it kind of flopped. Even though the prelims to that whole card were fire, but like main main card wise, it was like kind of a snooze fest. That is not going to be the case. I'm willing Mm-mm. to put money down that not only will the prelims be amazing this Saturday night, but so will the main card. And we're going to recap yeah. and predict both of them right now. So, Tori, I'll give it to you. What's the first fight on the prelims? All right. Starting off the prelims, we have a middleweight bout between Andre Petrosky and Wellington Turman. You have Petrosky, who is 8-1. Four and one knockouts, four and one submissions, three and two in his last five fights. His last win, he had a um, submission in round one against Maximov. 
Um, he's a tough guy. He came, he was in the semifinals um, of the Ultimate Fighter last season with um, Volkanovski and Team or- and Brian Ortega. Cool guy. And then you have Terman, 18-5-0, 4-2 with knockouts, 8-0 submissions, 3-2 in the last five fights. In his last fight, he ha- did have a win by a, also second round submission against Sirkanov. Um, This fight... It's kind of hard. It's kind of a pick em just because these two are kind of similar. You have Petrovsky who trains at Gracie. He is um, pretty much primarily a wrestler, a grappling guy. He does not have great striking, but he has a lot of power, and that's what he can rely on. Um, then you have Terman, who has overall fought tougher competition. He's on two-fight win streak. He trains with Glover Teixeira and Dominic Reyes. Um, BJJ Black Belt. His striking is better than Petrovsky's, not as powerful, but a little bit more technical. Um, this man is always, always, always looking for the submission all the time. He is very, very good, very efficient when he takes the back, but the opposite when he is on his back. This man just defense and never really pulls guard when he is on the back. So I think that's kind of going to be a little bit of a factor in this fight. Um, Petrovsky, very good at getting takedowns, good wrestler, good control. Um, if he wants to kind of move forward in this fight, he should definitely shoot for the double legs and get tournament on his back. Um, just the only thing with Petrovsky is he gets tired very easily. So I just, it's kind of a pick and fight for me. Um, I think I'm going to go with Petrovsky. He's on three fight win streak right now in the UFC. Hasn't faced the level competition tournament has, but he's looked pretty good. And so based on what I've seen before, I think I'm going to go Petrovsky by, I'd say second round. I'm going to say second round ground and pound. I think he's going to get him to the floor on this one. Yeah, I I like Petrovsky here. Uh, looking at both guys, they're very kind of similar. They both have yeah. knockout finishes. They both have submission finishes. They both have decision finishes. Um, but Petrosky recently has looked very, very dominant. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like the fight for him that I think if it's, if he wants to set himself apart, he gets a win this Saturday. So that's what I'm going to go with. Uh, I'm going to yeah. take um, the Pennsylvania Springfield Township native in Andre Petrovsky. I think he's good. I on I mean I yeah, genuinely yeah. this fight I, I mean he's not like ranked ranked like but he's like getting to that point where like a couple more fights he can get into the top 15. This win would be very big for him. This win for maybe sure. another win maybe we start talking about his name more. Uh so I yeah I agree with you. I'm gonna go Petrovsky here and in terms of how he wins both guys are very tough. Yeah. Yeah. I'm saying it could go. I'm saying, I don't know. I, it's, it's like. It could go the distance. I was just kind of just throwing go, that out there, but it could definitely could go the distance. Yeah. I think it could go the distance. I think it could finish by submission and I think he could finish him by a knockout. But yeah. all I know is I'm I am confident but that Petrovsky will win this fight. Yeah. On to the next fight, Tori. My favorite, favorite, favorite female fighter. Not even close. <laughs> is fighting Aaron Blanchfield. Yeah. Holly McCain. Meatball. The, the meatball. meatball. Oh, the she queen. is my favorite female fighter. With that being said, Aaron is an excellent wrestler, has great BJJ. She averages 3.99 takedowns, a fight with a positive 66% takedown accuracy. She wants to win on the ground, but each and every single fight, she's proved to become a better striker every time she steps in the cage. And that's good that she's showing that improvement. Yeah. Molly, she's just a powerful, dirty boxer. Can, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Powerful meatball. She can that's wrestle it. if she needs to. And like I said, Molly's my favorite. And not only is Molly my favorite, but Aaron went 0-4 on takedowns in her last fight. But she still won. So that tells me even if she can't get it to the ground, I think Aaron can still win. I'm not doubting the meatball. And I took these notes before the press conferences. So I was able to watch the press conferences yesterday. Molly looks very confident. And I'm still going to pick Aaron Blanchfield. I think Aaron is that good. I haven't been good at predicting female fights recently, and I hope that I'm wrong because I love Molly. I'm going to be cheering for Molly 110%. She's my favorite female fighter. Yeah. But I think, it, in my opinion, this is Aaron's fight to lose. Yeah. I, 
when this fight got announced, I asked myself, I'm like, Molly, girl, why? Why'd you take this fight? And it kind of makes me sad because it's just, it's the exact opposite. Erin is so good. I mean, she dismantled Miranda Maverick, the hype train. She dismantled Maverick's hype train. I believe it was UFC 269, I believe. And it was just, she looked great in that fight. Even in her last fight against Aldrich, she looked good. But um, I mean, Molly can just hit like a truck, dude. Like I I have two favorite female fighters and they're on this call. It and they are on this card. It is Molly McCann and Zhang Wei Li. They are both my favorite. But this fight, it's just it's it, it's just a pure striker versus grappler. And I think the grappler might take it. I mean, Blanchfield was on six fight win streak. Amazing, amazing grappler. Also very well-rounded. Looks great against Maverick, as I said before. But I mean, I don't know. And it's just so hard. McCann, three fight win streak. I mean, she does have a 46% takedown defense, which is not great, especially against someone like Aaron Blanchfield. Mm-hmm. But it's just, um, she's just really going to have to stay away. She's really, really, really going to have to keep her distance. She needs to watch out for that takedown. And she, she does have, sometimes she can have good defensive and offensive grappling, but I mean, nowhere near Blanchfield. It's just my opinion. It's, it's for Molly. She's going to have to get the finish. She's going to gonna have to get the finish. And I'm not saying look for the finish, but, I mean, she's almost going to have to look for the finish if she wants to take it because Aaron's going to take her down and control her the whole three rounds. If Molly does not do that, if she doesn't dance around the cage, move in and out, and she needs – that's just what she's going to have to do. I'm such a fan of Molly. I'm – I don't – I'm in that situation again. I'm in that little pickle. Like, I don't know what to do because I can definitely, definitely, definitely see Molly getting the finish. But I can right. definitely, I definitely yeah. see no, I agree. Blanchfield taking her to the floor and controlling her there for three rounds and maybe submitting her. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's hard. And so right now I'm going to flip a coin. Uh, I don't have a coin, but say heads or tails. And you don't know which one. So that's the one I'm going to choose. Heads. Okay, Aaron Blanchfield by decision. That, there's my heads. There's look, my heads. Look at our journalistic integrity here. here Tori. <laughs> it's great. And, and at the night every day MMA. No, it's a very hard fight to pick. And really if hard. if we would have done the podcast yesterday before I watched press conference, I probably would have been more confident with Aaron. But dude, Molly, mm-hmm. the way that she talked, the way that she handled herself. She looks great. She, she looks, looks great. Ready. She always looks great. So you I don't know. know. And another factor really quick. Is I'm like a very superstitious person, right? Mm-hmm. I know where you're going with this. I've said this before. Her and Patty are not on the same card. Does that not scare anyone else? That kind of it freaks me out a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Mm-hmm. She started winning. She's on this three fight win streak. Two um, what's it called? Two like spinning back elbow fist finishes in a row. When Patty's been on the same card as her in UFC London, so I mean it's it's a little scary that they're not do you on think, it. Do you think if Patty's like- in the building that it makes a difference? I don't know if it gives out the same energy, to be honest. Yeah. Like, are they on the same, like, are they on the same camp? Because I feel like usually they're kind of in the same camp, blah, blah, blah. They're right behind each other. I feel like the MMA, like, little superstitious superstitious gods are like, mm, we don't know. We don't know. And so that 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 is also a big factor in me being a yeah. little nervous for this fight. Not going to lie. Yeah, I'm very excited for that fight. And, Tori, that's only the second fight on the prelims. I know. Yeah. Crazy. Next fight, Dominic Reyes taking on Ryan Spann. This dude, or Tori, give me your breakdown on this fight. Oh, we'll throw it to you first. I I can't believe Dominic Reyes is on the prelims. First of all, crazy to think about. This man is a two-time title challenger. I mean, almost in some people's eyes, beat John Jones. I'm still not sure on that fight. I'm not gonna make a comment because I don't know. I do not know. But um, I take John Jones. I I take John Jones too. I didn't. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be the only one, but I take John Jones too. Anyways, um. I'm surprised um, that he's on the prelims. Anyways, I mean, Reyes, also not that large of an MMA record. It's crazy because of how big his name is. 12-3-0. And then his last fight we know was a little bit ago. It was a loss by a knockout in round two to Yuri Prohoshka. That was a contender for knockout of the year, not in his favor. And then you have Ryan Spann, 27-0. And his last fight was a win by a submission in round one against Kutilaba. And so... This fight, Reyes has to win. If he wants to keep his name relevant and if he doesn't want to be, like, not in the bad way, but if he doesn't want to be, like, a Ferguson or just kind of in that realm, he has to win this fight and he has to win it dominantly. Um, the biggest thing with Reyes that in his past couple of fights is he has been talking about John Jones, that loss, nonstop non-stop it's almost like he's had his eye on that fight and just like i'm gonna beat him like where's the rematch where's the rematch when he had for example glover i mean not glover when he had yawn in front of him when he had yuri in front of him he was just talking about john jones and so i think if he he just has to buckle down on this fight 
Um, his last one was three years ago, but we all know Dominic Gray is a very well-rounded fighter, very athletic, quick. He is always active in a fight no matter what. He could be getting the poop beat out of him, and he will still be thrown back at you. Yep. He's a, such a cool guy. And then you have Span. He has insane, insane power. But this man is very slow. Like, by the time he hits you, you could already have thrown, like, two jabs in a row. And so, I mean, Span has the ability to gas out. And I don't – it's a hard one because I'm scared for Reyes' chin because mm-hmm. of his last two fights. He has been knocked out. Um, He has looked hittable. But Span – I, I think Reyes is just a little more quick. So I think I think Reyes, I, I think he can take it. I think he can take it by decision. I hope it's a dominant win. I just, I'm really rooting for Reyes here because I want I want him to stay here. I want him to stay relevant. You know what I mean? He's he's a cool guy. He's a, he's a contender. But um, yeah, that's I think that's going to be my pick is Reyes. Yeah, good breakdown, Tori. Reyes, uh, I mean, yeah, John Jones, close fight. Knocked out by Jan, knocked out by Yuri. So yeah. two two very good contenders. Overall, good striker, pushes the pace, times his one-two really nice. Ryan Span, big dude. He got a semi-truck in his left hand and a train in his right. I mean, dude, yeah. dude is legit. Five of his seven UFC wins are by stoppage. But like you mentioned, Troy, he is slow. That is a that's a very, very good point. And I think it's because of his size. I don't yeah. think it's because he's not athletic. I think he is athletic. It is hard to pick though because he, I like I said, semi trained, mm-hmm. and Reyes has been knocked out. But yeah. this is a fight that Reyes needs to win. He needs 1, to win this. Yes, and I think that his motivation is what's going to drive him to win the most. If he can have good defense, time his shots well, he's not necessarily the most powerful, but he is a good striker. Yeah, I think yeah. he wins it in yeah. a three round fight. I'm going to go with Dominic Reyes as well, Tori. Yeah, and I, I'm excited for this fight. I just I don't want to see him lose. He looks different though. He he does look a little more confident. His last couple of fights, he's just looked kind of like down and out. But I mean, I, I'm really hoping that he looks good and that everything's all up to date in terms of his health and everything. Um, because I think he could still be totally top contender in this division if he just figures it out. Or maybe if he even he's little kind of he's um little for light heavyweight. Maybe he could even cut down to middleweight. Yeah, do well there. That could be an option. But I, I'm hoping that he. Hoping that he does well. Team Reyes. Excited. Yeah, I am too. I'm Team Reyes. On to the next one. Brad Riddell taking on Renato Moicano. That's a crazy fight. I'm so excited. I'll give you my it breakdown. Uh Renato, great striker, good speed, uh, good power, has really, 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 really good BJJ. Mm-hmm. Um, however, has shown some flaws in his chin, and he can't always get the fight to the ground. I hate when you're how are you supposed to win with BJJ and can't get it to ground? Really hurts my soul. Um, Brad, great Muay Thai, Muay Thai style fighter. Um, has good takedowns. And not necessarily just a Muay Thai fighter. He will strike a lot with his hands too. It's not just all kicks, knees, and elbows. Um, but I fundamentally, he is a Muay Thai fighter. So that's kind of how I like to class him in. Um, it's a hard fight to predict because Brad has lost to really good people but has been losing recently. Yeah. Um, I, I do think if the fight goes striker versus striker, I'm going to take Brad. Yeah. yeah. He's the better striker. I'm going to go with Brad. He is. I mean, this fight's exciting. Let me tell you, I was at Moicano's last fight against RDA. I was there in person, and that was a brutal beating to watch. It was five rounds of just pure, like, ouch. Like, right. literally, like, everything. We were all, like, talking. We're like, when is the ref going to stop this? Like, it was horrible. But, I mean, props to him. He showed that – this man showed that he had heart. I mean, for all those five rounds, he looked – he didn't look great, but, like, he showed, like, he didn't go down. Like, because it was the last-minute fight. But, mm-hmm. anyways, this fight's kind of hard to um to predict. I mean, you have Moicano, very well-rounded, very good jiu-jitsu, as you said. Um, doesn't have a lot of power, but he's I, a, a technical striker. Um, He did show that his chain can hold up, like I said previously – in the RDA fight, because that, that was a brutal beating. Right. Um, he does very well when he finds his rhythm. When he starts getting into it, when he starts throwing those one-twos, and when he just he just, he looks good when he gets in this flow. But the second he kind of faces adversity, it just all kind of falls apart, which I can't really happen in a fight because it's a fight. You're going to get hit. And when it starts happening multiple, multiple – sorry, my bad. <laughs> when it starts happening multiple times again, 
he kind of loses it. And then Riddell, amazing, amazing kickboxer. He has really good cardio. Um, I believe this he trains at Tiger Muay Thai, I believe. He was a coach. He was a coach at he Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah, yeah. So I mean yeah. that, I don't know if sense. that's where he trains, but he was a coach but, at Tiger yeah, Muay Thai. That just shows how good of a striker he is. I mean, um, doesn't have a lot of power either. A lot of his UFC wins, I think all of them are by decision. Um but it's just, I think in order for Riddell to win, he just needs to pick him apart, move in and out, um, and just use his straight because he has a really good jab. And so, overall, I uh, I think I'm going to pick Moicano to win. I think he has more ways to win. Um, assuming that he gets into his rhythm and kind of finds it and gets that first round under as well, I think he'll do great the second and third and maybe get a finish. But um, I think I'm going to go Moicano on this one. But this one's kind of a pick for me. But just because, just because of the – the lack of power Riddell holds, I, I think Moicano will be able to fire back, and I, I think Moicano's going to take it this one. Interesting. Our first disagreement, Brad's a city kickboxing guy, by the way, which I didn't know that. I don't know why I forgot it, but he coached Tiger Muay Thai. Yeah. Which is pretty big. So, yeah, that's our first disagreement, and it is a pick em fight for sure, and yeah. it honestly, in my mind, all comes down to Brad. Um, yeah. I kind of know what I'm going to get out of Moicano and I know what he can do to yeah. win. So it's going to be up to Brad to have to win this fight. Yeah. And Moicano always puts on the show. He's always very yeah. entertaining whenever he's in the octagon. So that's always exciting to see him. Um, Main card time. Woo. Let's go. <laughs> we have Dan Hooker. I, I, I'm i a fan of Dan Hooker versus Claudio Puelles. 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 Puelles versus Claudio Puelles. I messed that up. Hooker 21, 12 and 0. 10 and 3 knockout, 7 3 submissions. His last fight, we all know, was a loss at Featherweight by a round one knockout to Arnold Allen. That was a little hard to watch. That was sad. Mm-hmm. And then you have Poyas. Yeah, Poyas. Poyas. There we go. It's um, hard. It's a tough two. Names are hard. Names suck. They're hard. <laughs> they have Poyas 12 and 2. Um, last fight was a win by a first round submission against Craig Guida. I'm going Hooker on this one. I'm going Hooker, and I'm going Hooker confidently. I'm pretty sure. I mean, he is coming off to that loss, but that was at featherweight. Um, you have to th- look at Dan Hooker. He has fought the top guys exactly. in this division. I mean, he put he gave Dustin Poirier one of the hardest fights he's ever fought. Fought Islam Makachev, Michael Chandler. Just every he's fought everyone in the top, and I mean, he's such a good striker. He's long and quick. He mixes in his leg well, his leg kicks so well. The biggest thing in this fight is he needs to stay away from the clinch just because of Poez, how good he is with submissions. Like, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Um, his sub game is insane. He's always looking for the finish um, on the ground. But, I mean, Hooker, he just uses his distance so well. And just, as long as he uses his straight shots down the pipe, I think he I think he can get it done, and I think maybe even by finish. And then Poez, I'm not discounting him at all. Not great striking. The one part of his striking that's good are his leg kicks. Um, but an insane grappler, um, and he's always looking to close distance, which I think is going to be harder against a guy like Hooker. And it's just, I'm really rooting for Hooker on this one just because of his past couple of fights. He is one in four right now. Um, but I think I'm going to go, I think this is going to be his little comeback fight. I mean, he's on the same card as Izzy. I have confidence. Um, I, I, I'm excited to see Hooker fight again. He's he's always exciting too. I mean, there hasn't been a fight where Hooker has been, that hasn't really been like fun. Yeah. It's either he's, it's either he's fishing people or, He's getting finished or it's like a war, you know, like there's right. kind of a, there's always um something fun going on. So I think I'm going to go with Hooker on this one. And pretty confidently, I think he's going to be able to keep it on the feet. And as long as he uses his distance, I think he's going to get it. Yeah. Uh, Hangman Hooker, if he's taught us anything recently in his very, very tough opponents is that he is tough. That dude is a tough yeah. fighter. And he was supposed to be the next UFC prospect, which is why he was fighting all these top guys. UFC picks their dudes. We all know it. We all see it. And they push them maybe a little too far ahead of everybody else. And, you know, he wasn't winning. But he's very tough. Um, he can hang. The hangman can hang. Hangman can hang. hang. I like hangman it. Can hang around, yeah. No, yeah. Good kickboxer. Does a good job switching stance. Uh, throws really smart strikes. But Claudio Poyas has really good wrestling. Really good BJJ. Can yeah. strike if he needs. Averages 2.74 takedowns a fight but only a 38% takedown accuracy. And Dan has a 78% takedown defense and is the way, way, way better striker. 
So yeah. assuming this fight stays standing, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands right now, <laughs> but assuming this fight stays standing, I see Dan Hooker getting a good win here and getting back on track to being that guy that he was supposed to be. Uh, I listened to an interview with him on Tuesday uh, on MMA Hour. He seems very, very ready, very, very confident. And I kind of like this energy I was seeing from him. It was almost like a new Dan Hooker. And I'm yeah. hoping it's not a do- new Dan Hooker where he doesn't fight tough like he has before. I just want to see him get a win here. So yeah. not, you know, when you say it's a tune-up fight, that kind of discredits the other opponent. Yeah. This is just a win that Dan Hooker should be able to get. That mm-hmm. is not discrediting Claudio Poyas. I just think this is, yeah, this is a win that Dan should get that's going to help build him back up. So we are both agreeing on the first fight of the main card. On to the next one, Frankie, the legend, Edgar, taking on Chris Gutierrez. Like I said, Frankie, loving legend. Um, He said he wanted to retire in MSG. So looks like that's what's going to happen. He's battled some of the best. Recently, like literally recently, he's battled some of the best, and he looked had no easy competition. Ever. Yeah, and he looked good in his loss. Like in his losses, he looked good. He looked like he might have been able to beat Cheeto. I don't know. Um, Chris Gutierrez, really, really, really good kicks. Um, throws with a lot of volume, has good cardio and a lot of strength at bantam weight, which I always think is really important when there's a strong guy in those small, um lighter weight classes when they look like the weight class you know what i mean when they just like look like a band where they look Mm -hmm. like a featherweight it's they're always strong anyways yeah for sure tori you want to know my rule of thumb i have a rule of thumb in mma would you like to hear it yes if the fighter is 10 years younger and is 6-1-1 in the ufc after only losing his first fight i'm not going to pick against him i love frankie I'd love to see him win, and I think he's looked good. And he obviously has the experience. He has the takedowns, which would really be the way I'd see him winning this fight. But besides his fighter IQ and his takedowns, I don't think he's got that chin anymore. There's a lot of cracks in that concrete, and I hate to see him lose. But I he loves the sport of fighting. That's how I think about it. He loves the sport yeah. of fighting. He wants to retire at MSG, but I can't pick him here. So uh, I'm going to go with Chris Gutierrez. Yeah, I mean, this is good. Just really quick, I'm just going to name some of the people that Frankie Edgar has fought. Go ahead. Okay, this because this is insane. BJ Penn twice. Gray Maynard, I believe, was it two times? Two times. Henderson, Jose Aldo, Oliveira, BJ Penn again, Cub Swanson, Uriah Faber, Chad Mendes, Jose Aldo again, Jeremy Season, Jeremy Stevens, Yair Rodriguez, Brian Ortega, Swanson, Holloway, Swung Jung, Munoz, um, Unholes or whatever, Stan Hagen and Vera, all in a row. This, I don't. He's never gotten just a chill fight like ever. Never. Are you serious? And this man has been fighting because he, when he was at lightweight, he never cut weight. He was already one fifty five. He was a little champion, and he he was fighting these big guys and beating them. This man, it's crazy. He is a walking legend. He's a tank. He's a, this man is a little tank, like little <laughs> crazy. Like oh my gosh, like if I ever saw him in person, I'd be like. I, I would die. He's just, he's, it's awesome. But I mean, in terms of when it comes to this fight, I love you, Frankie, but I just, uh, it's a hard one to pick because they could have given like, like something else, like something not like your, your, te- I was messed it up. Your tes. But I mean, as long as he, he looked good in the Cheetah fight, he was winning that fight. Yeah, he was winning that fight. I agree. Most of his judges scorecards. And so, I mean, he's there, he's fast. He's always, always moving in and out. Very good speed and timing. He's such a good wrestler. The chin is the biggest, biggest, biggest weakness. So he, if he can avoid getting hit in the face, I think he takes it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm rooting for Frankie. I'm rooting for Frankie, but I just, I don't know. Chris, he's just, he's, that's the problem is Chris is always moving forward. Chris is always, always, always looking forward. He's coming off of a knockout performance of the night um, not too long ago. And he's such a good kickboxer. He throws really good leg kicks and he has very, very solid counters and pretty good takedown defense. So I just, I think it all leans towards Chris in this fight and it's it's sad, but I want to root for my man Edgar, but I just, I don't think I can. And I, so I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to shoot Chris on this one. Yep. It's a good pick. Sad pick, but a good pick nonetheless. We have the next fight. Let's get into it. My favorite fighter of all time. My number one, my love, my the man that got me into the sport, Michael Chandler. Okay, 
<laughs> Mr. Mr. Dustin Poré. He's on my wall. I have another poster. She's hung, hung up yet. This is... Oh, my heart's racing a little bit. Dustin Poirier versus Michael Chandler. Dustin Poirier, a legend, definitely going to be a Hall of Famer. Still, I believe in his prime. Only lost to champions. Michael Chandler, an amazing, amazing fighter. A very exciting fighter in the division. Literally has not had a non-entertaining fight in the UFC. Um, former Bellator lightweight champion. Had amazing fights there against Pitbull. Multiple people over there. Just both legends in this division in within the sport. Not even just the UFC. Just both legends right now. This fight is going to be fight of the night, guaranteed. But I don't see it going the same way that Gaethje versus Chandler did. I think it's going to be more technical. Um, Dustin, the biggest key for him, I have Dustin winning, but the biggest, biggest, biggest key is Dustin needs to survive that first round. He needs to survive the first round explosive explosiveness of Chandler because Chandler comes out like nothing. Like he just he just comes out and will just swing because this man's already been through the championship. I think right now he still wants to be a champion, but he's having fun in there. He's having fun. I think Dustin still has those titles aspirations. Mm-hmm. And Chandler's always looking to be exciting. He's so explosive, so powerful, great wrestling, amazing wrestling. Doesn't use it or hasn't used it in the UFC that we've seen thus far. Dustin is just insanely durable. Dustin is one of the most durable men on the roster. I mean, the things he's been through, great, great technical boxing. He is a black belt in BJJ, which people do forget about. Um, such good cardio. I mean, all the five rounds of wars this man has been in. I mean, Hooker Hooker and Gaethje, those two are both amazing fights. And just he's so incredibly strong. Just for Chandler, if he wants to win this fight, he needs to look for that takedown. He does need to look for that takedown. And he just needs to move in and out with his explosive shots. In and out, in and out. But I just, I don't see Chandler taking this. And I'm, I, I'm not being biased, I promise. I just think Dustin uh, will The comments better. won't care, Tori. They won't care. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> but I overall, Dustin's better. Because I believe Dustin Poirier is an, on another level than Justin Gaethje. I do. And that might be a little bit. I just think he's more technical. And I think he's more of a fighter. And I think just, yeah. And I think if Gaethje did that to Chandler, I think Dustin can do it with ease if he can get past that first round. And that is my pick. Maybe I'm maybe by finish. There you go. Maybe. You know, I've said it before. I'm in power. I'm about to say a lot of things that are going to make you happy, Tori. I've said it before. I've said it again. I'll say it a million times. Dustin Poirier, in my opinion, best boxer in the UFC. But, yes. but what about uh, Max Holloway? You mean the guy that's lost to Alexander Volkanovsky three times in striking and matches? Lost to Dustin Poirier twice yeah. as well. Piotr Jan, Piotr Jan, the guy that just lost to Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley, the best boxer? No, he's never won a championship. But what about Connor? What about Connor? Dustin beat Connor. Yeah. How are how nobody will convince me otherwise that Dustin is not the best technical sound boxer in the yeah. UFC. Mixed with his fighting IQ, his southpaw mm-hmm. stance, his lethal jab, and his little BJJ black belt. Just put the icing on the cake. Just to put it in there a little bit, yeah. No, he averages a takedown fight. He's very good. And, Tori, I think you'll agree with me. This narrative in the UFC community that Dustin is washed, I don't understand it. It's insane. He's, now, I understand why they do it. It's because he's in the Connor era. A lot of the guys that fought in the Connor era are washed. But Dustin's 33. That is literally the primetime peak age of UFC champions. That's where he's at right now. And he, like you said, Tori, is still looking to get that belt. Looking at Michael yeah. Chandler, he reminds me, Tori, you ever know a kid and their parents, they didn't let him drink pop as a kid, and then they finally get to drink, like, some soda, <laughs> yeah. and they just, like... Bonkers. Yeah, this that is Michael Chandler. Wait, wait, hold on. Did you just say pop? Pop. Yeah, I said pop. pop. Is, that said an pop. Ohio, is that an Ohio thing? That's definitely an Ohio thing. It is soda. <laughs> Sorry. I said soda, too. I said both. I said both. It's fine. It's fine. We'll continue. <laughs> but anyway, he's that kid that, you know, he finally gets a Coke, a Dr. Pepper, a root beer, and he's bouncing off the walls. That is Michael yeah. Chandler. He's very wild, very, very high output, very great power with this striking. He's also a wrestler at heart. My favorite kind of MMA fighters are guys yeah. who love the brawl. An explosive have, wrestler, too. Yeah, have wrestling in their back pocket. His fight versus Justin Gaethje is one of my favorite fights I've ever watched in my entire life. And it proved how tough he was. Um, but if you look at his fight versus Tony, please retire Ferguson. Um, okay. he was getting beat pretty bad. 
I'm he not was in the first round, yeah. By old Tony, Tony Ferguson. And I get it. I understand everybody saying Chandler's crazy. He's there to put on a show. But I, I do I do agree with you, Tori. Dustin's more experienced. He's one of the best strikers in UFC. Lance near like yeah. six strikes per minute. Uh, not only that, but seven of his 21 finishes in his career are by submission. So if it goes to the ground, I think he poses a threat there too. And yeah. I understand the hype around Chandler's name. I get it. He deserves it. But I don't think that the hype is... I feel like the reason people are picking Chandler to win is because of the hype of his fights. But when yeah. you really look at it from a technical standpoint, yeah. I have Dustin winning. And Tori, I don't know if you'll know the answer to this, but what do they say that pressure makes? What does pressure make? Diamonds. Pressure diamonds. makes diamonds. And I think that diamond is going to shine bright this <laughs> Saturday at Madison Square Garden. So I'm going... With Dustin yes. Corey as well. I am so excited. Um, just really quick before um, it, also like I've mentioned before, Dustin has only lost to champions, and I mean even against Oliveira, he had him in a lot of trouble the first round and a half. He a was the closest guy to beat Charles exactly before he it's, lost his all, and before he didn't get beat. But um, <laughs> I mean if you really if you really watch the Gaethje versus Chandler fight, I argue that that was not fight of the year. It wasn't. It was a brutal beating. From Gaethje beating up Michael Chandler from two and rounds two and three. That's what it was. Chandler's hands were low. His breathing out of his mouth, just head forward, just kind of wanting to make it a show. I didn't think that was fight of the year. I didn't. I was like, it just, I didn't it, was, it was a beating. It was a brutal beating towards Michael Chandler. And so, what and was you your speak, fight of the year? Out of curiosity, my fight of the year was Volkanovski versus Ortega. Gotcha. That was one thousand percent just because of how many, how close it was on each end. It was, it was crazy. But that's kind of my, that's kind of my argument here is you see the way that Dustin has handled these people previously, and it's just it doesn't compare. It doesn't compare. And so that's why I'm trying. To, I'm like I'm not biased, but like I am. But Dustin is literally a diamond. He has a heart of gold, and I love this man so much. He is the one that got me into MMA. If he loses, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I don't think he, I, he's not going to lose. He's not going to lose. Uh-uh. But <laughs> there we go. We're both going yes. with Dustin. Um, on to the co-main, Tori. Carlos Barza taking on Zhang Weili. Recently, I've been seeing it Weili Zhang. So if that's I actually say, say if that's actually how it is, then I'll change that up. We'll see what, how Bruce Buffer does it on Saturday. And then, yeah. you know, he's always right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, as for Carla, she has great wrestling, averages over three takedowns a fight, has 44 takedowns in 14 fights. Very crazy stat. Isn't a great striker, but she does only absorb 2.59 strikes per minute, which I think is a very important stat in this fight. And one of the reasons that that, that stat exists is because she does have good defense. But mm-hmm. the other reason that that stat ex- exists is because a lot of her fights go to the ground. So she's not taking in a lot of strikes. Um, and her last fight was boring. Very, very boring. Everybody agrees. It was fight of the year. What do you mean? Like My bad. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> but for me, you got to remember the fights that got her there. She was on a five-fight yeah. win streak versus some really, really, really good opponents right now. Um, so that's the kind of my breakdown on Esparza. As for Zhang, she's probably one of the best Muay Thai strikers in UFC. Um, she has great power in her hands and her legs. Averages 5.78 strikes landed per minute. Um, she's also added wrestling to her fights. Now, in her last fight with Rose, which she lost because she tried to wrestle too much, um, I think that played a huge part in it. However, in her last fight versus Yorana Jajerczyk, wow, I said that really weird, <laughs> she mixed in um her wrestling and her striking really well and she was able to get that win spinning back fist and i think that was really important now i have a lot of major worries about each fighter in this fight and that makes it really hard to pick and i've been listening to a lot of mma podcasts and not a lot of people really agree with me but that's how i feel i'm gonna give you guys how i feel so first Whaley has fought the same two people since 2020 went two and two yeah. Both losses being the Rose and the one win was questionable. Um, and the big thing with Shane 
is when she tries to wrestle wrestle too much, it does not go well. And who knows how she's been preparing for this fight. She obviously knows Carla is the best wrestler in the division, and she's been preparing for that. So I think if Zhang, I think Zhang's a great wrestler, by the way, but I think if Zhang actually tries to wrestle with Carla, that's her losing rounds. So that makes it difficult. The other thing is, as for Carla, she struggled to get fights on the ground. She averages a 35% takedown accuracy. That's the worst thing that you can do as a wrestler is when you have to win by wrestling and you can't get the takedowns, and she takes a lot of desperation shots. And you know what's not good in MMA? Desperation shots. Because when your opponent catches you taking those desperation shots and the coaches notice that, hooks. Like jabs. Like you're going to start getting caught. caught. And sprawls. Like you're not going to get those takedowns and you're only going to wear yourself out more and expose yourself. So I expect more rounds to be on the feet because of that. Mm -hmm. And the more rounds that are on the feet, I think Zhang wins those rounds. So I am not sleeping on Carla. Everybody's sleeping on Carla. I'm not sleeping on her. Now, after that press conference on Wednesday, she did not look good. So if you want to sleep on her a little bit after that, I understand. However, I am going to pick Zhang. I'm not confident with it. I do love Whaley. I love watching her fights. They're always an entertaining fight, except one. And I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to take Zhang here. I, I think um, I think she'll get more rounds. But in my mind, I see this going to decision. I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if Zhang can get a finish, but I'm going decision win here with Whaley. Yeah. Really quick story. I mean... I always say this. I always say um, Zhang Weili's name like this because one time I was watching, it was actually, it was her and Rose, the first fight. And my mom was watching with me and she was like, how do you pronounce that? Like, she's like, is that Zhang Weili Lee? And so ever since then, I have been calling Zhang Zhang and everyone like is always like, why? And I just think it sounds so, like, hey, yo, Zhang. Like, it's That's just, funny. She's it kind of awesome. sounds good. It's got a good ring to Z, it. Like, it, it's Zhang, like Zhang. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that, that's my little story, but um, Zhang, she's one of my favorite female fighters. If not, she is my favorite female fighter. Um, I have a lot of confidence with her going into this fight. She has been at Cejudo's camp. Her wrestling has looked good. She got a takedown last fight. She was wrestling a little bit with Rose. Like you said, didn't looked good in the beginning, then a little too much. But mm-hmm. I overall think she has the advantage everywhere, other maybe other than, other than wrestling. But if she's been working with Cejudo, I have confidence because if her wrestling improved that much in one camp with Cejudo, imagine how much it'll change in like two later you know what i mean against a wrestler like carla esparza she's a very hard hitter she's durable very powerful just so so incredibly good everywhere and i just i really think she could take this fight and i not maybe not by finish but i think she's gonna take this fight and like decisively take this fight i think she's gonna look good i i just i don't know i think that i think that train i think training with cejudo is gonna do her very a lot a lot of good with the wrestling and i just overall she has so much power she's an amazing boxer kickboxer she's just She's Zhang, like she just does her. She's amazing. She's one part of my language, bad a person. Like she's awesome in every way. And so I just, as far as her striking's good. She is always looking for the takedown. So if she does constantly, desperately look for that takedown, Zhang, she's not. They're not going to hesitate and notice that. And like you said, throwing some other hooks over there and just start sprawling and catching uh-huh. it. And so I just, I think Whaley has the upper hand on a lot of things in this fight. Other than wrestling, I, I think she's going to be able to figure her out. And I think, I think she's going to get it done. And I, I'm very, very excited for this fight. Yeah, there's one thing I always try to keep out of my breakdowns. Because I like to try to use analytics, stats, styles, matchups. And that's how I make my picks. But the one thing I didn't mention, but I'll mention it anyway, because it's from the heart. Is the one thing that Zhang Whaley has that Carlos Barza does not have or at least Carla Esparza has not proved that she has, is that dog in her. Yeah. Zhang yeah. has got that dog in her to where 1,000%. she could be losing three, she could be down three rounds, and in her mind, she's still going out that fourth round to win. Mm-hmm. Like, she has yeah. a fighter's heart. She has that dog in her, and that's, like, another big thing for me. And it, now, you put two dogs in a cage, you got a different yeah. fight. 
Yeah. Carla does not have that dog in her. I we have not seen, seen that. I have not seen I mean, that. especially after last fight. Yeah, you know what I mean? Especially after last fight. a title fight, too. You cannot convince me that Carla Esparza has got the dog in her when I watch a fight that boring. I have to try yeah. to keep myself awake, slapping myself, splashing water in my face, yeah. and she barely wins the belt. Look, I love Carla. I think she's great. I think she's one of the most underrated fighters, and I don't think that you need to have that dog in you to win a fight. It's kind of why I kept it out of my breakdown, but Zhang really, really does have that dog does, in her. For sure. Or Hang. I like that a lot more. Probably going <laughs> to steal that. So, yeah, we're both taking Hang here in the co-main. Yeah. Get yeah. the belt. And Alex, both of our favorite fighters are on this card. That is true. So, would you like the honors to do to main event, break down the main event? I'd love to, Tori. You know, also, Dustin, fun fact, is like in my top five. So, oh, really? Yeah, he's one of my favorites. He's one of my favorites yes. by far. So I definitely put Dustin in there too. Um, and Molly. I mean, dude, I'm so, I'm so excited for this card. The main event, the goat of the middleweight, Israel, the last style bender, Adesanya, Adesanya, because Adesanya. I diss on you. That's what he said. That's what he said on Ariel's pod, and I <laughs> thought that was cool. Um, versus Alex Perheda. Um, That's the best I've ever said that in my entire life. Um, look, I don't actually think Israel's the go, but he's right there. He's right there. I mean, he is, he's close. He's yeah. Literally here. I'm not saying he's here. He's here. Mm-hmm. He's just got to get this, get this tough. fight. Yeah. yeah. Um, he's, and he's also been like the, one of the most hated champions in recent memory. Um, mm-hmm. the last style bender. I don't know. What can I say about this guy? He has the, some of the best feints I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, one of the toughest and most elite kickboxers to ever come through the UFC. And he's cleared the entire division. I mean, that's it. I'm not going to, I'm not, I ain't got much to say. I mean, that's it. Alex though, besides his very awesome masculine name, um, is, <laughs> is very, very scary. Um, he has really, really good power. His kicks are crazy, but his left hand, that is oh, what makes that dude scary. It nightmares. is. It is. I mean, what did I say? Semi trucks and and uh, trains on the left hand. I don't even know yeah. what I put on that dude's left hand. Like a nuke. Yeah, he's got a nuke yeah. for a left the hand. Empire State Building and like another one. Like yeah. it's crazy. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, it's crazy. And I'm not gonna try to sit here and like break down their styles because that's simple. They're both elite level strikers, and I was able to watch both of their kickboxing fights. I've watched them multiple times because I'm obsessed with Israel and I really want to break this fight down good. So I noticed a couple things. One, since that fight, Israel switches stances in MMA way more than he did in kickboxing, which is only going to help him here because that means every time that Izzy goes to Southpaw, assuming that Alex stays orthodox, which he's fought orthodox most of his life, all of those, all of those shots that we're talking about He's going to be able to see those coming because that's across his body. We see those those strikes coming. That's huge. I mean, that is huge. Another thing I've noticed is his MMA defense is so much better. Look, you can hate on yeah. a guy all you want, but it takes two to tango. And if the other guy's not putting out a lot and I'm the champ, I'm defending and I'm putting out the strikes I need to win the rounds. That's what he does. And his defense has proved that he is very, very good. When I look at Alex, not much has changed. He's only had seven fights in MMA. And That's crazy. Israel's had 24 in way more kickboxing fights. I don't know. He, he's been one of the best for a while. I think he's going to be middleweight champion for a while. And I think this last style bender takes one more name in his death note. And just like The Undertaker, his streak's going to continue on Saturday night. I understand this is close. I understand what's been going on in the UFC. Yeah. But I have the confidence. Obviously, I am a little biased, but I tried to give you guys a good stylistic breakdown and some good reasoning here. I'm going to take Israel. I have another question, but I want to get to your breakdown first. Wait, I was going to ask you really quick. Go ahead. Do you think he makes this MMA fight, or do you think he keeps it kickboxing? Well, that's a good question. So, so when I mentioned what you think, because I, I don't, Okay, so yeah, let's talk about it. It's kind of that's kind of kind of what I was gonna ask you anyway. So when we look at Francis Naganu taking mm-hmm. on Cyril Gan, he took the smart route. Francis Ngannou. Everybody was 
very nervous about Francis because Cyril Gaon yeah. stylistically was a big challenge. He's way more technical yeah. of a striker and probably a little better of an overall fighter than Francis might have been. But what did the African champion do to retain Man. his title? He wrestled. We had like, never... Francis Nurmagomedov made a come out that fight. Like, that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, Francis Nurmagomedov. Nobody had... If you, if somebody can find me a podcast clip and send it to me of somebody saying, Francis Nagano is going to wrestle Cyril Gaon for three rounds and win the fight, I'll give you a million dollars. If you can send me that email, email's in the bio. Give me the email. I will give you a million dollars. Do I think there's a real chance that Izzy goes to wrestling? I really do. But I only see that if things aren't going good. Now, a lot of people say, oh, well, Perheda, he's been training with Clover. and That's one training his, camp. His uh, takedown defense looked good against a couple of scrubs. That's true. It did. Um, but like like you said, Tori, it's MMA. Another thing I've kind of noticed that I didn't talk about, but I'll talk about it because you asked, is Alex Perheda's um, cage work when he's up against the cage. It looks awful. He does not yeah. look good. So even if Israel, my this literally my favorite thing. You want to know my favorite thing stylistically is when they get a guy against a cage and they punch and yeah. they punch and they punch and they punch and they punch. Level change takedown. I love yeah. that. It's the most satisfying thing. I could see Israel doing that. Yeah. I could really see that. Um, so I don't say it's far fetched to see Israel do more of an MMA fight here, but Israel has a routine that's got him multiple wins. Um, so I see him going that route first, but uh, obviously Pajeda shows a real, real threat. So I could yeah. see Israel having to go to his MMA, more of his wrestling. And yeah. honestly, every time Israel's been on the ground, that dude goes for submissions. He's throwing out triangles. Yeah, yeah. We've seen it. So he he can he goes for stuff. So I don't know. Yeah, I I um I could see it going both ways. Yeah. Let's hear what you have to say, Tori. You're not gonna offend me. I want you to give your no, good it's all good like fans. I want I want you to let the fans know what you think. I started laughing when we were talking about Francis because I just remembered him like completely mauling Cyril Gaon. Like Francis doesn't even have to be that good of a wrestler. This man is just so strong. He could do whatever he wants. And I just saw I was thinking about when he picked him up and just slammed him. Yeah. Like I, that made me laugh. Anyway. So, <laughs> and nobody, nobody, everybody, no, nope. everybody's like the thing what? is <laughs> Francis he did like even really have to train like this man could just pick up anyone he wants to like this man he could just do whatever he anyways sorry getting off topic but i just thought that was funny but no, francis normago I mean... is my new term i think that's yeah fine. francis Nurmagomedov, <laughs> dude like is he wait is he makachev dude like why why go. doesn't this happen there this should happen i'd love to see it you know i love yeah. my wrestling i would love to see it too i mean the thing is is i am scared i am very scared with the turnout recently we have seen multiple champions Loser belt recently. I mean, you have a Kamaru Usman goat conversation, 55, 15 fight win streak, lose to Leon Edwards. You have Charles Oliveira, loses belt as well. And then, I mean, it's just it's hard. Um, I don't know. I I I am I'm I'm terrified of that left hand because we know the power it holds, and that's all he has to do. That's the thing about Alex Pieta, Pieta is that he can land that, and you could be done for. So if as Izzy just has to look out for that, I overall think Izzy's a better fighter. I think he has way more ways to win. But do I think Alex's one way to win may overpower that a little bit just because of the past? But it's hard for me to pick this fight. I think I think I'm gonna go with Izzy. It's just you have to look at it. Twenty four mixed martial arts fights compared to seven. Do you know what I mean? Like what would Alex do against a guy like Robert Whitaker? I think Robert Whitaker eats Alex eats beats Alex with ease. Because Robert Whitaker is a mixed martial artist. We haven't seen him really against these mixed martial artists. And I just think it's a fortunate it's a fortunate title matchup. Almost like a Sean O'Malley versus Piotr Jan. It was the best matchup for Sean in the Bantamweight division. This is the best matchup, matchup possible. I can't talk. Possible for Alex in the middleweight division. But I overall, I just think it, it's mixed martial arts. It's a completely, completely, completely different sport. If Izzy can use his ground game, if he can mix in some wrestling, if he can just like do what Izzy does in and out, in and out, and just, I don't know. The, then again, Alex is always st walking forward, walking forward and stalking his prey. It, it's hard. It's a hard fight to choose. I'm going to go Izzy. I'm going to go by decision. I think it's going to be a very fun fight. I'm, I really, really, really want to see Izzy go for some takedowns and shoot for some double legs. Just, I don't know. I want to see him shoot for something because I think that would mm -hmm. be very fun to watch. It's just, they're so evenly matched height. Even like their reach is really close. Just everything about them is just so 
evenly matched. So I'm excited. I'm th- I'm gonna go Izzy, and I'm pretty confident in my decision with Izzy. I Alex definitely does have a shot, but overall, I think I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Izzy on this one. Yeah, and I mean, kind of to do the th- same thing that I did with Shane in terms of Israel. First off, he's looked huge. He looks huge. Yeah. Honestly, kind of worried about his weight, but he said that he's underweight, but he looks huge. I don't want to say that he looks like he's been taking roids. I know there's the the whole boob argument with Israel. Um, I don't think he's on roids. They get tested. I don't think he is, but he looks big. But yeah, this is a fight that he wanted. He yeah. wanted this fight. Yeah, he we're talking about something. the we're talking about the guy that stood across the cage, bleeding, looking in the eyes of Kevin Gasselman, said, "I." and prepared to die. Yeah. That's who we're talking about for the interim and then won the interim belt. That's who we're talking about here. Alex making meme videos of, you know, the tennis balls and, you know, what Israel was doing at training, kind of mocking him. I mean, we saw what Paula Costa did. How'd that work yeah. out for him? Not good. And I'm yeah. not saying Paula Costa's Alex Fajeda. I think he's a little better. Uh, Alex is. But, man, I mean, if you want to talk about a guy – who's been beaten by this dude, the only flaw that you can put on his record, and he's fighting for his title and fighting to get his record up higher to try to be that middleweight go. There's not much more at stake that you can do for Israel. Now, does that worry you if you're Israel? Maybe. But if you're Israel and you're a champion, you use that as a motivating factor to want to win this fight even more. He said that he wants this fight to be a horror movie. I don't know what that means. But that's what he said. And there's a lot of ways you can interpret that. I'm very excited, Tori. I'm very excited for this whole card. I want to ask you one more time because we've been – these are some pretty long breakdowns. Give me from the main card, uh, first fight to the main event, your picks, just quickly. Okay, so I'm going to go Hooker, and then I'm going to go Hooker, and then – uh, I don't want to pick against Frankie Edgar, but I'm going to go with Chris on that one. And then I'm going to go, so Hooker, Chris, uh, and then Dustin, Whaley, Adesanya. Adesanya. Adesanya, because I Adesanya. Um, yeah, no, I 100% agree. Have the same exact main card list. And I'm just very excited for UFC 281. Uh, it is taking place at Madison Square Garden. And Tori, like always, you got the great ideas for the top fives. We're going to be talking about our top five UFC fights at Madison Square Garden um, because there's been a lot. I'll let you go first, like Tori. Give me your top five. It's so hard to put these in order, but at number five, I'm going to go the BMF. Masvidal versus Diaz, UFC 244. I mean, come on. <laughs> oh, good. That'll not be on there. Number mm-hmm. four, we have Chandler versus Gaethje. Just because of the hype around it, it was it it was a pretty insane fight. Like I like it was it was it was just the hype around it and everything. It was it, it was awesome. Yep. Number three, I'm gonna go TJ Dillashaw comes back and beats Cody Garbrandt because that was insane. That I think is that I think is that the picture where he's like like in his yeah. face. Yes. Yeah. That's that's a pretty sick picture. It Number is. two, I have GSP versus Michael Bisping. GSP's return beats Michael Bisping Bisping for the middleweight championship at UFC two seventeen. Also iconic. Number one, I don't know how you couldn't. Conor McGregor becomes a double champion at UFC 205 against Alvarez. That was, yeah, yeah. That's that's yeah. my number one, and I, there's no explanation needed. So yeah. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's actually funny. We have all the same fights, but in a completely different order. Um, so that's kind of interesting. I have Michael Chandler versus Justin Gaethje at UFC 268. Um, at five for me. Um, and that was a fight when I was like almost fading being a UFC fan and I was like oh never mind I'm still a UFC yeah. fan um now I'm like a diehard UFC fan but back then I was like eh, I was a cash uh number four I have TJ Dillashaw versus Cody Garbrandt at 217 and number three I have Nate Diaz versus Ryan Masvidal at 244 number two I have Conor McGregor versus Eddie Alvarez Ooh. when he became the double champ at 205 and number one I have GSP versus Michael Bisping at 217 and the only reason i do is because the that is a movie they could literally make a movie movie. out of that fight 
where I, you could say the same thing about Connor and Eddie Alvarez, and that was a great fight, and it was kind of maybe a more entertaining fight than GSP versus Michael Bisping. You got to understand, this dude GSP left for three years and didn't even train MMA for one of them, and comes come back, back. Like... and fights Michael Bisping. A weight and class up. wins. That's incredible yeah. to me. Yeah, like, no, that I, I might switch right. that. I might switch that so, to number one. You, you I have me. I have it at one, but that's only because it's like a movie. If you're looking at like the actual fights, and my order is probably a little different. But that's just that's my list. I'm. It's kind of impressive that we had the same fights on the. Uh, yeah, I mean they're the, so iconic. They're all of them are very iconic. Yeah. Guys, that's gonna do it for episode eleven. We interviewed Garrett Armfield, um, which yeah. trains at the same gym, um, with Michael Chandler. Who's fighting this week? So, you want to go back listen to that interview? He's awesome. He talks about a lot of stuff, a lot of controversial stuff. He was very open, yeah. and he's a cool guy. He's awesome. He's guy. very cool guy. Excited to have him back. But that's gonna wrap it up for today's episode of the Not Your Everyday Podcast. I hope that you enjoyed. Hit that subscribe button, comment, like. We read them all, even the mean ones. Uh, but don't be mean. And if you're new here, we appreciate you. Hope you stick around. Hope you like the video. But like I said, that's going to do it. My name's been Alex Henry. My name's been Alex Henry. My name is Alex Henry, and I have been with... Corey Hapril. And we are signing off, guys. Enjoy the fights this weekend at MSG.